Sur les podcasts TRK, je m'appelle Tom Savage. Cette semaine, je regarderai uh, Leinster vs Stade Rochelet en finale de Coupe d'Europe. And it is going to be a pretty good game, I think. I've been trying to figure out an angle for it where I can kind of come down definitively on one side or the other to try and pick a winner here. And it's very, very difficult. Um, I can come up with a number of different reasons as to why Leinster could win this uh, and win it well. I can come up with an equally um, long list of reasons why La Rochelle could win this and win it well. It is just so finely balanced between the two teams, uh, both of whom have similarities, but I think like really key... What's the word? I suppose key like stylistic differences also where I can tell you why Leinster could be a bad matchup for La Rochelle but I could also tell you why Leinster are a a team who should be really I suppose concerned about what La Rochelle can bring in a game like this also it is just again a fascinating game and so much of it um kind of hangs on a few key battles one way or the other uh, it's been played in the Viva Stadium of course um, it is um, live I think on Virgin Media um, but it is uh, I suppose a pressure final for Leinster um, I've had a few questions that are, that are in the TRK mailbag I'm actually going to roll them into this for everybody because I think they are they are worth talking about and I suppose it's the idea of pressure of Leinster Leo Cullen, this group of senior players, them being under pressure for this game and what happens in the aftermath should Leinster lose. You know, I think if you're looking at this from the long perspective, Leinster have been one of the very best teams in Europe for at least since they last won it, okay? They had a really good season prior to that as well. I think it was about 2016, 2017. They finished in the semi-finals of Europe that year as well. I think they were beaten by Claremont. Um, that year and then won it the next year um, with a group of really talented young players coming through who were again you look at James Ryan that breakout season that he had who has had a better breakout season in in, in, in world rugby I would say James Ryan's is right up there and I think that since that point Leinster have been consistently in that conversation for being the best team in Europe people talking about, about them being the best team in the world um, which again at this level is unprovable but it, it does reflect how well fancied they've been, how dominant they've been 
where they've made a ton of semi-finals like you could look at the one main season where I could say that they underperformed relative to the status of the of the, the players that they have was the year they got beaten by Saracens in the quarterfinal stage um, in the Aviva now that was a pandemic era game so we can kind of add an asterisk to that but I, I think it is one of the only seasons where you can say that Leinster really let down their level of 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 ability that they should really be making the semi-final stages at least every single year this year is different this year there is a different vibe about it there's been a lot of talk about it also where Leinster have essentially not had to leave Dublin since um the end of the group stages which it's the way the format has gone this year um, it has it has advantages mainly it has a few disadvantages also but it is not something that Leinster could have chosen they earned their home round of 16 day game they earned their home quarter final and they earned their home semi final off the back of their performance in the group stages the final was always going to be in Dublin anyway so here we are uh, the Aviva Stadium it is May trophy winning season and you could look at Leinster's work last year and this year and say that, yes, there is a, a, a fairly large amount of pressure and expectation on this Leinster team to win and win win in Europe. This is the only trophy they can win. This is their last game of the season against arguably their worst matchup and toughest side to play against. Um, it is a pressured situation to be in. Like, if you're Leinster, cer- certainly Leinster in 2023 the expectations are, of you are different to other teams. Where, as for Munster, getting to a final in the URC is massive. That in itself is massive, given the expectations that at the start of the year. This is what we're talking about when it comes to pressure. Pressure is relative to expectations. For Munster, expectations were low. So to get into this situation means that expectations have been exceeded. There's a release of pressure that comes with that. Only up to a certain point, though, because finals are there to be won. They're not there to be lost. And I suppose nobody wants to be coming out the other end of it kind of going, well, at least we got here. That's not the mindset to have coming into a final. And it's certainly not the mindset for Leinster coming into this one as well. There absolutely is pressure. I think that's fair enough to say. Um, You look at the way the last season went, where they lost in Europe and then in the, the semi-final of the URC. Um, was a bit of a shock. We don't normally expect Leinster to finish seasons without a trophy. So the the stakes in this game are elevated as a result where they can't win the URC now. This is the last trophy that they're in for. And for, for Leinster, that fifth star is an outsized monkey on their back. They're looking for that to finish the set, I suppose, to a certain extent and get level with Toulouse. And La Rochelle over the last two seasons have been a just ridiculous obstacle for them. And they're the team who they face again in this final. So I think that there is certainly pressure there. Leinster will be, I suppose the question put to them is, like, what have you developed on since last season? And we look at how well Leinster went for the majority of this year. I mean, to be fair, like dispatching teams with a sort of like efficiency and like honestly like is in putting you know running up big scores on on serious teams uh to get here you know i suppose there has been a sort of a a, a tightening of the odds i suppose a, a a squeakening of the bum time where you look at leinster and how well they've gone up to this point and i suppose how dominant they've been in europe relative to la rochelle who've fluctuated up and you know over and back they've been up they've been down um 
it is just a fascinating final where it's hard to say who has an advantage um, Leinster being at home yes but you look at La Rochelle this year I mean they had issues at halfback I would say last year they've improved quite a bit since then um, certainly with the guys that they have available um, Leinster are without Sexton for this one who's typically been the guy who Leinster have had in that 10 jersey when they've won European Cup trophies so there is that pressure inherent to the situation that I think can make situations that on on paper might be predictable into very unpredictable circumstances so yeah no I think for for Leinster it is fair enough to say that there is pressure there and I think that you know given the and this is not something that the the club can like expect to handle right where the expectation being that because Leinster have been you know touted as being the favorites of the tournament from like even last year when it was you know after the game was like well the next the next year's final is in Dublin so you know Leinster will be favorites for that um there is and I'm not sure if this will happen but if they don't win in Europe this year and they go a second season without a trophy that will open up question marks over the last I would say six or seven years one European Cup trophy for this Leinster team in that amount of time would just be a real underperformance given the quality of the players that they have available and how well they've done for 95% of those seasons now I would count the league titles that they've won as being just as symbolic to be honest of how well they've done so like that to an extent I don't buy that oh well it's just a league I don't, I don't really buy that but Leinster have typically chosen to define themselves and this is just even this past week have chosen to define themselves by those European um, stars that they have over their crest on both league and European jerseys I will say so with that this is the scene that they've set this is the, the pressure that's there and um, you know like I said I can give you reasons as to why both teams because he could, he could I mean could win this and win it with an element of comfort I don't see it going that way because I think both sides are very very good I mean I had in my head that uh, that Toulouse were the best team in Europe this season uh, I felt that because I'd, I'd watched Toulouse very very closely this year in both Europe and in uh, the top 14 and my read of them was certainly after playing them twice was that they just have so many answers to the type of questions that Munster were capable of asking them at that point we were beaten twice by them home and away and like at the same time while I think we played well I felt that just based on the difficulty of playing them and how many world class players they have and, and these are these are guys who play a big role for a French team who at the time I expected would win a Grand Slam you know th- that was my read in it and there's something really interesting building here between the three top top teams in Europe at the moment who I feel are Toulouse La Rochelle and um, Leinster all three of those teams are a horrific matchup for one of the other three. Um, Toulouse, for example, because of the way La Rochelle play, end up being off-ball Toulouse. And when they're off-ball Toulouse, they beat the majority of teams. Munster are an on-ball team, which meant that the Toulouse we played were incrementally better, I would say. They outperformed what we saw against Leinster because of the way that Munster play. 
La Rochelle play a similar style so La Rochelle typically have struggled playing against Toulouse if they were to play each other this year in the the, the top 14 in the knockouts that are coming up they might well Toulouse, like as in Toulouse might well beat La Rochelle this season they are a bad matchup for La Rochelle and equally Leinster are a horrific matchup for Toulouse last season I felt that Toulouse's conditioning coming into the game played a part it did but not as much as I as, as much as I felt in my read of the game was wrong like fair, I would say wrong based on what we've seen from Leinster versus Toulouse this season uh, Toulouse were fresh coming into that game and whether it's a mental block with Leinster or the stylistic matchup just being such a bad fit Leinster's counter transition game absolutely breaks Toulouse open they really struggle against Leinster and the game that Leinster play where you look at that semi-final and you look you could say that oh if the, if the yellow cards aren't there it's a different game I don't buy that personally I think even if that stays 15 versus 15 I still think Leinster win that by 10 plus points because the way that they play it gets at a specific thing that's in the Toulouse squad makeup and I think even their cultural makeup when Leinster kick you the ball they want you to run it back and they want you to do something in the aftermath of it that's how counter transition works they use your tendencies against you now what Toulouse have tended to do against Leinster is take those opportunities as a challenge and look to hurt them on transition and I think as a result go through far more phases of play than they're comfortable with your defence your kicking game and your attacking game all have to be in sync and they have to be in sync for the entire game if they're and for, for the entire season I would say not just the entire game for the entire season they all have to blend with each other to lose against most of the teams that they will play in France play either heavy off-ball rugby or heavy on-ball rugby there are not many teams in France who play counter-transition style and when they come up against Leinster they almost get a bad read of it's in between both states and they're unable to react and as a result they look blown up early they look like they've like that they're being dominated physically and as a result they can't play either of the two games that they are really good at playing and as a result they're half and half and end up losing to Leinster and losing by a considerable margin then you look at La Rochelle are regularly beaten by Toulouse to the point where I think they only beat them for the first time and God only knows how many games relatively recently but then you look at Leinster have really struggled with La Rochelle over the last three seasons well two, two seasons really because I feel La Rochelle's high possession like heavy contact game is a bad matchup for what Leinster do because Leinster like I said earlier like a large part of their counter transition game is based on kicking the opposition the ball long down the field and then seeing what their reaction is to it and playing off that reaction La Rochelle's reaction is almost always we will hang on to the ball here and we will run through the phases and like Munster's reaction uh, to the game in at Christmas was similar we felt in that game that our plan had worked to a point but because of injuries and because of losing control of certain moments 
we were able to, or we're not able to, we went a little bit off scheme. And as a result, we lost control of the ball. Whoever controls the ball against, uh, in, in, this, in this final, will win. And it comes down to what way can Leinster adapt their game to what they've seen from La Rochelle. This is the, 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 the really interesting part for me about this game is, is that Leinster have a big read on last year's final they'll have detailed metrics from that and they'll have been watching all year long looking at well look even from the the start of the of the knockouts here they would have seen La Rochelle on the other side of the draw the obvious path for both would be to meet in the final again but like what have Leinster learned about last year's game and what have they seen from La Rochelle this year that would lead them to a situation where they feel they can win now. At a base level, I think Leinster's uh, counter-transition game is a bad matchup with a high-possession game against a team who are really good at retaining the ball. La Rochelle are very good at retaining the ball. Now, we look overall, and I think per game, La Rochelle have kicked the ball more. Now, whether they will do that here, I think, comes down to a few different things. Uh, go through that La Rochelle team, and I'll go through them in a minute, and you will see um, a lot of the best defensive breakdown players in Europe on the, the, the La Rochelle side. They may look at this game as an off-ball game, which they can play, where they will kick long and on, they will contest in the air with, with, with shorter contestables, and play a kind of a, a, a tighter, kind of more foam box-like game and look to try and get at, especially looking at some of the defensive stuff I looked at last week in the Wally ratings for um, for Leinster to try and put pressure on Ross Byrne to put pressure on their offensive system. For me, at a base level, I feel that would be a mistake. Um, because again, I think what we've seen from Leinster is, is that if you give them moments that and again like they they like they practice for that chaos of transition their transition defense is outstanding i'm if i'm running ogara i would be concerned about taking a primarily off ball focus early in the game because leinster are so good at starting and again it's almost independent of who's there at 10 they're so good at starting um with real pace and real um power like if you're La Rochelle, I think you want to control the ball at all times. Because if you are, you can take away a lot of what Leinster do. Like, what Leinster do best, I think, is their line-out. Like, back in December, Munster realised that we, because we came under pressure with injuries and our backfield rotation got fucked up, we had to kick the ball off the field. La Rochelle here, if you go back to their game against Exeter, kicked the ball seven times total total not just kicked it off field seven times they kicked seven times total what that means is is that when they kicked the ball uh, Exeter kicked the ball back they retained that ball and made it very very difficult for um, Exeter to get their hands on that ball now as a result they controlled the game I think if you're playing an off ball game against Leinster you have to have an outstanding defensive line-out. Now, La Rochelle do have and have the, the, the potential on the bench 
to have some really exciting um and i i would say like if you're from a if you're a line out nerd i'm going to say it's exciting <laughs> um they have the potential to put on real size and counter jumping like a nightmare back like as in like back five from a counter jumping perspective you've got uh roman sazi who is like uh, le sheriff <laughs> in la rochelle that's his nickname um like d- d- he's a really smart line out guy will have a lot of what Leinster do in the line out decoded um but again I don't think that back five to start is going to go after them too hard in the line out I mean uh Budenhut or Budenhent is, is certainly capable of that rather but I don't see them going massively after that Leinster throw I feel that's a risky game to take um when you put the ball off the field against this Leinster team you're basically opening them up to their best state their line out is genuinely really good now you could say like again you look at Racing, right they gave leinster 25 line outs in the group stage and got fucking walloped both times like that to an extent will give you an idea as to why you should deny them possession but again if you're uh la rochelle you're looking at the referee jacko paper i have a feeling you don't want to play a whole ton of off-ball rugby here so there will be kicking for position but the really interesting kicks will be when both sides are outside their 22 in and around a 10 meter line what is their kicking tendency like then i have a feeling we know what leinster will do which is kick long look for the middle of the field and chase up on the edges and then head into those really really tough three or four phases post transition that's where Leinster really put the fucking like they, like they put the heat on and they look to try and get those breakdown turnovers that's where they'll go for them usually in those first couple of phases after transition they did that against Munster they got penalized by the referee for something which is a common enough trait with Leinster um breakdown defensive breakdown stuff with you know hands on the ground looking to to, to have the clean out pull the their hands back onto the onto possession um, every team has a gimmick that that's one of Leinster's which is illegal but they get away with a fair bit they'll be going after that again here and I think Caelan Doris is one of the best in the game at pulling that aspect out whereas Van der Fleer will hit he'll slow he'll make it diff- like difficult for La Rochelle to play but I think what La Rochelle will do is they will look to try to just play it relatively conservatively off nine this is what they did last time out they upped the ball in playtime but they reduced their pass per carry ratio which meant that they were playing a lot of the, like they had a lot of control of the ball they didn't allow the ball off the field for the most part and as a result they were able to control possession and bring Leinster through a whole ton of phases defensively now carrying and attacking is more physically demanding than defending up to a certain point right so I think if you look at, at La Rochelle here they've gone with a 6-2 split on the bench what they're essentially doing there is they're giving us an idea as to how they're going to play this game attritionally now they do have midfield cover to a certain extent by uh, Levani Bottia uh, that is <laughs> like that is uh, um, a cover guy to have there you know he can play in midfield I suppose but I think looking at the the side that, that La Rochelle have put out it's it's a very good team Leinster by the on the other hand as well look so many Irish internationals there like it's such an evenly balanced matchup but let's go through the teams there 
the back three for uh, La Rochelle, Bryce Dulan, uh, Dylan Lades and Raymond Rule. Uh, in midfield, they have uh, UJ Suteni and Jonathan Dante. Uh, Dante is, again, one of the biggest misses that France had in the world in the Six Nations for me. One of the best midfielders in Europe and is a, just a constant threat on ball, off ball. He is a huge player for La Rochelle and um, they are an infinitely better team when he's in their starting 15 and like you said a few injuries this year but he is a threat in this game on both sides of the ball for Leinster that they would do well to recognise which of course they do uh, Antoine Hastoy and Tawera uh, uh, Barlow uh, at halfback Kerr uh, Barlow missed out last year really experienced guy quality player and uh, Hastoy has been a bit of a revelation for La Rochelle this year I think far more suited to their game than uh, Ihaya West was even though he's won a, a European Cup with them as well um, but I think that you look at um, Hastoy I think he's been an upgrade for them uh, certainly on, on the, the evidence of this season so far um, up front, they have Rita Wardy, uh, Pierre Bugaret, and Uni Antonio in the front row. Um, really quality. Look, uh, Wardy has been very, very good this season. Good size, physical. Uh, Bugaret as well is kind of a, a hooker. Like himself and Dan Sheen have a lot of similarities, I think. Um, and you have Antonio who will be looking to make a big impact around the breakdown, where he's just, again, a very dangerous guy. He wins ruck possession with the sort of physicality that very few people do. And that's something that you could look at that that's, uh, La Rochelle front five as being a constant for them. That they're, they, like, they have such physical um, specimens there who are... They just, they just win rucks. Like, they win that sort of... Um, you know, you look, you look at their... Like, the physicality, how... They play with such a narrow game up to a certain point. I can't think of a bigger, more imposing front five that will help win that sort of higher possession game. It's just, it's very, very interesting to see how they've how they've gone about that. And Antonio uh, uh, is a key part of that. They've got Roman Sazi and Will Skelton in the second row. Paul Budenhent, uh, Levani Botia and Gregory Aldrit on the back row. Aldrit, again, just is a power forward you know he is a regular line out option for them a really good mall defender as well and will carry all day for you but and defend all day for you as well a physically imposing guy and uh you've got Levani Botia who is explosive physically um a dangerous guy around the breakdown on both sides of the ball but he has stinging physicality when it comes to his ball carrying as well um a really interesting player and a guy who Again, like we often talk about fellas who can play both flanker and midfield in theory. Levani, Levani Abodia can do that. So, yeah, very interesting to see how they go. That's a very imposing team. I mean, you look at that and you don't see too many weaknesses one way or the other. Like Dylan Lades and, and Raymond, Ru- uh, Raymond, Rule, uh, Raymond Rule are uh, two really good wingers who understand their role and understand backfield coverage would be hugely important here as well rule in particular is a really dangerous transition runner as is bryce doolan who is typically and usually quite solid under the high ball and quite solid on the run back tends to make good decisions that's going to be very very important here as well as knowing when to kick and then kicking smartly when you do um 
the bench for La Rochelle. They have Quentin uh, Lesbrac Bretz, Joel Sclavi, who is a huge man, uh, George Henri Colomb, who I feel is lucky enough to be playing in this game given the breakdown cleanout he had on the, that Gloucester player in the quarterfinal, I think it was. Uh, they have Thomas Lavault, uh, Remy Bordreau, Ulton Delan, uh, Thomas Bergeon and Jules Favre um, on the bench for them. Uh, Ulton Delan on the bench. Man, that's a that's a big guy to be bringing on in this game in the second half. That 6-2 split they have, um, they've been using him as a half lock. And I think he will come on here in that position as well uh, if their injury rotation goes well. I think they will try and keep Will Skelton on the field as long as possible. Um, but you look at... Uh, Ulton Delan, what he brings you physical like in the wide channels his lineup work his defensive lineup work in particular would be very very important I think with Ulton Delan on the bench you can change your game state later in the game where when you bring him on you can start to get the get the ball off the field if you've had a high on ball like we'll say output for we'll say the first 50-60 minutes you can change the game up then with the guys they have in the bench like uh, Bordreau and Lavalt and Ulton Delan. All of a sudden, your defensive lineup becomes way more dangerous. So you can start putting the ball off the field and ideally, like La Rochelle would be thinking, we'll be leading by this point. So we can start to play a little bit more conservative, uh, conservatively there. But you look at Will Skelton, for example, a guy who has been a nightmare for Leinster over the last couple of years. His size, his physical, the way he can just impose himself physically on the game is remarkable. He is a tight head lock power forward, an incredibly rare build for front five forwards, for second rows. Like his ability in the scrum as a tight head scrummager, but his power as a mauler, as a defensive mauler, as a breakdown guy, offensively, defensively, as a ball carrier off nine he just destroys guys and he alone draws two defenders and like that's something that when you have that compression forced any sort of quick ball on the next one if you're hitting the likes of Gregory Aldrich or Uniatonio or whoever like Levani Batia like you've got the release then of like oh we'll go we'll, we'll hit off 10 you've got Jonathan Dante then like it all starts with Skelton his power his physicality it's no surprise to me that, that La Rochelle have become a premier top-level team since Will Skelton has joined them. Like, he is a level changer. And the way he has performed for, for La Rochelle, even last year when he came in and played, what, 70, 78 minutes off the back of um, a fairly long-term calf injury, he wins you games. And he's the guy Leinster will be thinking about. Fans, players, coaches. How do we stop this guy? Like, this is why I think if you're if you're La Rochelle, you don't want to go off ball. We don't want Will Skelton defending too much. We want to see him attacking and rolling. That's why the first kick outside the 22 for both sides is going to be very, very interesting. I think what we'll see from La Rochelle would be a short kick mid-range. From Leinster, we might see them go long and try and pin La Rochelle back so La Rochelle have to exit. This is where the game will break down for me. La Rochelle, I think, have to show early that if they take the kickoff, for example, that they can play with width, that they're going to challenge Leinster and not just accept the position that Leinster kicked them to. This is going to be the really, really important part of it of, like, basically deciding the game. If Leinster are able to pressurise La Rochelle, where La Rochelle's position is mostly starting inside their 10-metre line, 
then you might see the ball going off the field or you might see Leinster Leinster pressurising Hastoy or Kerr Barlow into making a mistake kicking the ball off the field and then once Leinster get that line-out platform this is where the whole fucking thing starts for them this is where their entire game hinges on so for La Rochelle that's going to be the area where you balance it I feel I, I think going off ball if you're La Rochelle is a terrible idea um, but Leinster you look at the team they've picked imposing just the same uh, Hugo Keenan Jimmy O'Brien and James Lowe in their back uh, in their back uh, back three James Lowe back after an injury vital to what Leinster do his kicking game the length he gets off the off their exits which again they look to try and keep in field is massive um, again a very very talented player who kind of makes takes Leinster up a level they've missed him uh, since he's been out injured Jimmy O'Brien uh, playing on the right wing not a surprise uh, they want somebody who's going to be solid in the air Jimmy O'Brien is uh, they do not have Jordan Larmore there I'm not sure if he's injured or not but his um, uh, high ball work is, is again people talk a little bit too much about how bad he is there I think I don't think he's that much of a washout there but Jimmy O'Brien is better he's more solid his kicking game is more rounded they'll need that in this game I look at that back three and I'm thinking Leinster are doubling down a counter transition here this is what they've been doing the entire season they're not changing now midfield Gary Ringrose Robbie Henshaw the starting Irish midfield for me um, Henshaw played quite well last week looked a little bit rusty didn't have the ball I feel that makes him so imposing as a player uh, Ringrose as well defensively will be hugely important here he will be have to, to cut out um, La Rochelle's when they hit off 10 to the likes of Botia and to the likes of Dante, Gary Ringrose will be hugely important in covering that, that, that edge space. And as a transition defender, really, really good as well. He'll have to have a big game for Leinster here, I think, on both sides of the ball. At halfback, Ross Byrne, Jamison Gibson Park. Gibson Park starts this one again. Uh, Ross Byrne is in a 10. Um, I think one of the tempting things if you're a La Rochelle team is, is that can we test out Ross Byrne offensively I saw a stat today that he's got 11 line breaks in the Champions Cup this year that to me is a misleading statistic I think what Lara should be looking to do is to what can we bring out of Ross Byrne if we decide at different points in the game we want to go off ball this is where pressurizing Ross Byrne and taking Leinster into that fourth fifth and sixth phase seventh eighth ninth phase and start to exert pressure on him as a playmaker what kind of passes can he make can we choke off his options from a, a Leinster perspective you want Ross Byrne here to be adding a ton of variety with his kicking getting in over the top of the La Rochelle blitz um stepping back into the pocket if he needs to and exiting I think Leinster for for, for Leinster I'm, I'm not sure that like looking to overplay here is going to be a winning strategy I think they need to pull back from that I think they need to go and have a look and, and see if they can um, start like pinning uh, La Rochelle back even if you've got decent field position as opposed to overplaying that's going to be the thing for me and like you look at the way they've they've broken this down I think James Lowe will have a lot of reps at first receiver but when you're releasing Ross Byrne into that wider channel then he will be a th- like he will be somebody who will come under a lot of heat from La Rochelle physically that's going to be the threat and that's going to be the worry for Leinster there as well but honestly it'll be one or last in the forwards for Leinster look at their front five here Porter Sheehan Furlong Ross Maloney James Ryan really well balanced Porter for me is the, the most important player uh, to Leinster and Ireland um, he will stay on I feel for the entire game if it's needed 
when they went off last year I felt they were lacking and again look you could say he matches up badly as a scrummager with uh, Uniatonio but I'm not sure if the scrum will be decisive in this game who knows like it's, and it's hard to say ahead of the game but that in potential is a bad matchup I'm sure Porter will win one penalty off Antonio because I think La-, La Rochelle will go after him and I think that's when you know you can you can get caught and give up a penalty for going you know for losing your feet or whatever else like that happens but that's going to be a big challenge for Porter the big thing for Leinster is getting his breakdown numbers offensively up get them up get them into a situation where he is winning that center field ball for 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 Leinster because he wins breakdown rocks via um that's going to be a big part of it furlong few questions over his fitness actually that's been that's been true all season long i don't feel we've seen the best from tight furlong this year at all actually but at his best i mean he is the best tight head in the world i feel at his best but the physical toll that comes with that is colossal what is his level what is his fitness that's going to be the big challenge here scrummaging wise he's going to have a tough one with rita wardy and pierre bougaris they are two really good scrummagers i feel that the, the mix between porter sheen and furlong in the scrum is a bad one i think it puts leinster in, under pressure in the scrum but i will also say that the scrum usually doesn't matter dan sheen is and has been i think the most improved player in the world over the last two seasons um if leinster have a lot of lineouts, dan sheen will have a massive say in this game um he is just incredibly powerful incredibly dynamic um they need to get him into the game more and the lineup will will be the main factor in deciding that uh ross maloney has been again another player who's hugely improved this year like i know there was i was kind of joking on last year about like oh he's reinvented the lineup and all this other stuff his lineup work is really good but physically he's looked really good all season as well and I was talking to a fella there who said oh they'll, they'll, they'll start Jenkins in the in the final uh, for Will Skelton and I'm like I would be fucking shocked if they did because Ross Maloney one is playing better he's a better line out guy which would be really important here as well but honestly I think they get more physicality out of Ross Maloney genuinely I feel that like when you look at Jason Jenkins like look back at that game last week he scored a try nicely taken but look at some of the physicality of, of his scrummaging. You look at some of the physicality of his defensive work, his breakdown work. Nowhere near what you'd want for a game like this. And like, I would say La Rochelle are a bigger, more imposing physical threat than Munster, even with RG Snayman in the team. So like, not a surprise to see Jason Jenkins on the bench there because I, I think that his impact might be more pronounced in the second half rather than putting him out first up fresh against the likes of a Will Skelton I'm not sure you get the return you're looking for there in that matchup um, later in the game I think you certainly could uh, back row Caelan Doris Josh Vanderfleer Jack Conan uh, really well balanced Caelan Doris back into the team of course Is he's at 6 is he normally better at 8 the way that Leinster's roles work is that 6 and 8 they play a broadly very similar game so you won't see too much of a difference there. You might see more breakdown work from Caelan Doris in the in the in the the first half. I think he will switch to eight in the second half, and they'll bring on Ryan Baird at six. You'll see more on ball from Caelan Doris then. Uh, Van der Fleer was elite, world class last week against Munster. Um, defensively, like obviously he's the world player of the year, but defensively there are very few back five forwards who get anywhere near him. Um, offensively good as well obviously his ball carrying has improved Wait. 
And um, but again, I think his defensive side of the ball will be really important here, depending on how the game breaks down. Um, but yeah, look, that's a really fascinating battle between those two back fives. They will determine it. James Ryan, I think, has been playing well this season. Now, again, we talk about people going over the top about James Ryan. I feel he's been underwhelming for the last couple of seasons. This year is closer to the guy that we saw in his breakout season. This season has been closer. He has been adding a lot of size. He's been upping his physicality that way. It'll be needed here. I think they'll need a full 80 minutes out of him because I, I just do not see them bringing on or taking off James Ryan for Jason Jenkins. Unless there's an injury, I would be shocked. On the bench, Ronan Kelleher, Keane Healy, Michael Alatoa, Jenkins, Ryan Bard, Luke McGrath, uh, Kieran Frawley, and Charlie Natai. Now, Charlie Natai in the bench here, you look at the, the non-Irish qualified players Leinster have signed, they're all on the bench here, Alatoa, Jenkins, and Natai. No issue with that whatsoever. But I feel that there probably was a better option. Um, like, you look at Natai, who will he come on for there? Probably, probably Henshaw, right? Uh, you look at Jimmy O'Brien can cover midfield as well, so that so there is that. Um, I felt that um, with Charlie Natai there and Kieran Frawley. Does it give you a switch up that you can go for them at twelve and thirteen? Is Kieran Frawley somebody they actually think can cover at ten? Um, like that's the worry. Like you look at him last um last week came on at fullback um, and again missed a fairly straightforward kick look fellas miss kicks but that's the thing for me is where I felt on the bench looking at this that it's they have a they have a 5-3 split but I feel that they don't have as much cover maybe as what they would like there I'm not sure why I just feel that like that seems a little bit unbalanced to me as in you've got Frawley there who can cover 10-12 you've got Natai who covers 12-13 to a certain extent but 12 primarily um, it kind of leaves them a little bit stuck if there's an injury on the wing you know if James Lowe goes down if he's not fully fit for example I, I, I presume he is but if he's to go down with a recurrence of the injury that kind of unbalances a lot of what they do then they'll put ring rows on the, on the right wing they'll put Jimmy O'Brien over where Lowe is but to me there's a lack of cover there and, and look who knows how, it, how it'll play out but like it's still an imposing Leinster team for it to work for Leinster their counter-transition work needs to be really, really sharp. They'll need a lot of variety from 10 and from their edge kicking. They'll need to kick the ball a fair bit here, I think. They want to try to destabilise uh, La Rochelle. Fellas talking about, like, oh, we need to, to run La Rochelle around. Well, to a certain point. But I think as well, you're kind of, you don't want to risk overplaying against them as well because they've got some really threatening breakdown like def- defensive breakdown players like Aldrit, Botia, Skelton, Sazi, even Antonio, Bugaris, Wardy, like uh, Don- Jonathan Dante, like they can win breakdown turnovers. So I think that that's where the this game is going to break down is how much Leinster want to deviate from the efficient counter transition game that they've been really really good at, and where can they move that game to if La Rochelle decide they want to hang on to the ball. The lineouts are going to be vital here, as in how many of them there are. Uh, the scrum, I think, could be a real factor too, especially if La Rochelle, when they do kick, keep that ball short, that's going to be a big aspect of it as well. It's going to be a thrilling game, I feel, and I think it's going to be really interesting from a tactical perspective as to how all this breaks down. So thank you very much for joining me. I'll be doing a TRK live stream after this um, on Saturday, just to go over the game and look at some of the tactical stuff from it. Um, but yeah, look, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, thank you very much for being a TRK subscriber. I will talk to you again very, very soon. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money,
get on the block. Hold on your bets, it's where the buck stops. See, first of all, I'm stepping out on my own. About time I elevated to claim my own throne. Success in my blood, call it homegrown. Pours reek and testosterone. Power and money got me crazy cocky. No longer need you, poppy. I know you're mad because you can't stop me. And if you wonder how this player done scooped your honey, I think she smell my cologne, it's called brand.